0: Go with me to 1 Timothy chapter 2 and let's look here together in 1 Timothy chapter 2 and we'll look at beginning in verse 5. 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 5 says, There is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, the man Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. One mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. This morning we talked a little bit about the incarnation of the Lord Jesus Christ. How the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. How He was with God in in heaven and had a discussion that we have record of. And we read it from Hebrews today where it says... He he said, before he entered into this earth, he said, A body you have prepared for me. I come to do your will, O God. Sacrifice and burnt offerings aren't pleasing to you. Jesus came legally as a man, and we have that record here that he is still in in, in this human body legally. It's a glorified body. His blood has been poured out. His blood is now no longer in his veins, but it's at the at the mercy seat, but Jesus is a flesh and bone body glorified, but he is still man, and it refers to him here as the man, Christ Jesus. He is 100% the son of God, and yet at the same time, 100% human, the son of man. And we have a man in the Godhead, you could say. Hallelujah. And we're recognizing this because we're looking at the authority that Jesus Christ has. We're looking at his authority because we have to investigate his authority to understand our authority. We're looking at delegated authority to know how we can execute the Uh, dominion that God has given you and I. The man Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's look at John chapter 5. John chapter 5. Jesus was referring to the life that he has in God and the authority that he has. John chapter 5. I want to look at verse 26. For as the Father has life in Himself, so has He given to the Son to have life in Himself. We're talking about eternal life, the God kind of life. So He is saying, I am alive unto God. With the same life that the Father has in Him, I have eternal life. At this moment, in time before the cross, he was the only one. He was the only one. The, the disciples who were walking with him, they were not alive unto God. They were keepers of the first covenant. They were, were, were people who were, were uh, under the submission of Jesus, but they did not have eternal life in them because the price hadn't been paid for them to have eternal life. The blood had not been shed the, the uh, uh, ability for them to be born again was not yet available. But Jesus is saying, I have eternal life. I am alive unto God. In other words, I am a man who is alive unto God. That's what Adam looked like in the beginning. Adam was alive unto God. He had been created by God in the image of God. God said, let us make man in our image. Let, us, let them have dominion. And God breathed the breath of life into the man he had formed. He had formed the body, the human body, but he breathed the spirit life, the breath of God, the spirit of God into Adam. And Adam became, when the breath of God came into him, Adam became a a living creature, a, a living being. It actually in the Hebrew says a speaking spirit. He became spiritually alive. But when Adam sinned it says in dying you shall die Genesis chapter 2 he said if you eat the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in dying you shall die and that's the Hebrew it says you shall surely die in King James in dying spiritually you're going to die physically and it took a number of years for him to die physically but he died spiritually the moment he ate the fruit of the knowledge the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil Before that moment His spirit was alive unto God. He could talk with God. He could understand God's thoughts. He could commune with God. He could receive the knowledge of God. The lie that the enemy said was God trying to keep you from having knowledge. God wasn't trying to restrict any good knowledge. He, he, He was open. Whatever you need to know, ask me, I'll tell you. And Adam had the capacity to understand revelation knowledge. So Satan, it was a lie. God was trying to keep him from experiencing the knowledge of evil. So there wasn't any good thing God was trying to hold back. It was a protection from experiencing the knowledge of evil by firsthand experience. You know, I would much rather that my children would have taken my word for it, that Jose Cuervo is really not their friend, not at all. Just trust me and I'll tell you. And I can save you from putting your face in a place your face was never intended to be. I can save you that hangover. I can save you that trouble if you would believe me. By just letting me tell you that 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 drugs is not going to help you, that alcohol is not going to help you, that life is not going to help you. If you'll just trust me, then you'll never have to taste it. You'll never have to experience firsthand the pain that is brought. And that's what God was saying. If you'll just take my word for it and don't eat the fruit of that tree, you'll never have to experience the evil firsthand. And taste it and experience it for your life. He was trying to protect them from that. So this lie that the enemy said that God was trying to restrict them, it was such a lie because they had access to know all the thoughts of God. But when Adam and Eve sinned, they lost access to that knowledge of God. And that's why mankind began making groves and worshiping trees and worshiping idols, and worshiping statues, and, and, and calling the sun their God, and calling the river Nile their God, and, and, and worshiping the moon. Why? Because they, they had lost access to the knowledge of God, and God had to take his knowledge and put it in, into covenant form, and put it into word form, and we have the knowledge of God in word form that is supernaturally able to enlighten us supernaturally able to bring us to, to that understanding of God's love for us, that understanding of his life in us, that the word of God, it can, that this written word that we have contains his knowledge. But when we're born again, we also have a re-setting, re you could say, or a, a re ignition of that ability to, re, uh, to understand the revelation knowledge. God can reveal things to us. Hallelujah. So here Jesus is saying, I am alive with the life of God. I am alive unto God. He was the only one on the planet until his blood made the life of God available to the rest of us. But he is stating that so that they can understand why he has what verse 27 says. God, the Father, verse 26, the Father has life and has given to the Son to have life in Himself, and the Father has given Him authority to execute judgment also, authority to execute judgment because He is the Son of... Not God. Yes, He is the Son of God, but that's not what gives Him authority here. Why? Because in Genesis 1... Twenty-eight, God had delegated the authority to man. So for Jesus to operate the authority, he had to come as a man because God was outside of the... He's not going to break his word. God is not going to break his word. He, to redeem us, he had to do it within the parameters of what his word had already established. And he had already established that dominion had been delegated to mankind. It had been delegated. And so God couldn't come in because Adam had taken that delegated authority and submitted it and all the human race under the dominion of Satan. Satan, he he, he deceived But it says that Eve was deceived and Adam wasn't. Adam was in the transgression. Adam sinned. Eve's sin was in in deception, which, which in other words, you could say, God held Adam responsible, the man of the house. He held the man of the house responsible. I left you in charge, and she was to be submitted to you. And so... So even if she had eaten and he had not, it wouldn't have done what happened when they both ate. So when, when he transgressed, he violated the instruction of God, he submitted himself to what Satan had, had said. It, that Bringing that sin in brought in spiritual death, and with that spiritual death, he no longer had the spiritual death now pulled him down to a place where he couldn't operate the authority the way it was supposed to be operated. Jesus didn't have spiritual death. I've got the life of God. I'm man legally in this body, and I have the life of God in me. (laughs) I look like Adam did before the fall. He looked like Adam did before the fall. He was legally in this body. He He was a human being. Alive unto God, the Spirit of God, the life of God was in Him. Just like you are in this body and the life of God's in you. If you've accepted Jesus as Lord, the life of God is in you too. Hallelujah. So what, what Jesus is saying is, I am alive unto God, and He has given me the authority. Brother Caps used to say, if you have a birth certificate, you have proof that you're in charge. Amen. If you have a birth certificate, why? Because you're legally here on this earth. Satan is not. He, he, he came in another way. Let's look at that tonight. John chapter 10. Let's look at that because I, I think it's important... We'll begin in verse 1. Verily, verily, I say unto you. Now, whenever he said verily, verily, he's very emphatic. And he's saying, this is true, this is true. Pay attention to this. This is is something you really need to, to see. Truly, truly, I say unto you, he that enters not by the door into the sheepfold... But climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. He he that enters in, not by the sheep door, not by the door, but some other way, is a thief and a robber. But he that enters in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. So the legal entrance into the earth is to be born here. That's legal entry. Satan wasn't born here. He's he's a thief and a robber. He came in another way. Jesus said, I entered legally into the earth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the shepherd has entered in legally into the door. Is it important for us to believe that Jesus was born of a virgin? If your Bible says young girl, set it on the shelf and go get you a translation that says virgin because she was more than just a young girl. Amen. She was it had never been with a man. Jesus legally entered the earth but without any connection to the first Adam. He legally entered as the Word of God into the womb of Mary and she, being a virgin, gave birth Why is that important? Because God is His Father and the DNA blood in Jesus Christ was not in any way, shape, or form connected to the lineage of Adam because His blood had to be sinless blood and everyone born after Adam did not have that that bloodline. They had contaminated blood. Aren't you glad you're in Christ tonight? Your blood's been cleansed. Amen. So he came in legally through the door. I want to also look at 1 John 4. 1 John 4. And verse 3. And if you'll give me the... I'm going to read the King James and then we'll go to Amplified. Every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God And this is that spirit of Antichrist whereof you have heard that it should come and even now already it is in the world. Let's see the Amplified as well. Every spirit which does not acknowledge and confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh but would annul, destroy, sever, or disunite him. What is that talking about? Disunite him from what? From being our our kinsman. From being uh, um, related to us. See, see that religious mindset wants to put Jesus over here and we're all over here. Mm -hmm. Well, Jesus, he could do all that because he was this, you know, son of God and he came and he was just... He's over here, but but there's no connection to him. What connects us to him is that he became our redeemer. To legally redeem us, he had to be a man. He had to come in in the body. He had to come legally born into this earth as a man 100% 100% the son of God. Hear me. I'm not saying he's not the son of God. I'm saying he is the, uh, he, he was the only begotten. And now he's the first begotten among many brethren. Amen. Yes, Lord. He, Amen. he was the only begotten son of God. But now he's the firstborn among many brethren. Yes, he is. God. Why? Because he's related to us now. And he raised us up. Out of that fallen condition, he raised us back up to God's plan and even better than God's plan. Hallelujah. And we're talking about authority. Mm -hmm. But we've got to see this. We've got to see him in his, his, uh, his connection to us. So when it says any spirit, put that back up there again, any spirit that would destroy, sever, or disunite him, Is not of God. Disunite him from being related to you. See if the enemy of tradition, if that blinding can come over people's mind that he's not related to you, that was the Son of God, and you're just the worm of the dust of the earth. You're just a worm in the dust. You're just fallen man, but he is, no, he became man and redeemed us so we're no longer fallen. I, we're not fallen anymore. We're the redeemed. God. We're the redeemed. Yes. We were purchased. Remember that song they were singing in the in the heavens. The song they were singing at the throne. You have purchased us. Yes. You have purchased us. You paid the price with your blood. You've redeemed us. We are the redeemed. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah! One hundred percent human and one hundred percent children of God. Hallelujah. So Jesus is related to us by choice. He came legally into the earth. He was born through, he came through the door, the shepherd of the sheep. Hallelujah. I'm going to read this from the Phillips translation. We don't have that one on the screen, but I think it'll it'll bless you. The Phillips translation is a little bit older translation, but I, I like what it reads here. It says, don't trust every spirit, dear friends of mine. But test them to discover whether they come from God or not. For the world is full of false prophets. You can test them in this simple way. Every spirit that acknowledges the fact that Jesus Christ actually became man comes from God. Isn't that plain? Any spirit that acknowledges the fact that Jesus Christ actually became man comes from God. He became man. He wasn't in the beginning, but he was the Word. But he became flesh. He came here, entered in through the door legally so that he could be related to you legally, so that he could take his blood to the cross and buy you out of slavery, buy us out of bondage. Hallelujah. Now, I want to show you some examples of how the enemy didn't understand this. First of all, look at, at 1 Corinthians 2, verse 8. We'll start in 7. First Corinthians 2, 7. We speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. So this we're talking about the plan of God. The wisdom details the plan of God. We're talking about the redeem, the re- redemption plan. He says, we speak this wisdom of God, God's plan, it was hidden. God ordained it before the world. It's Jesus, the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. So there was already in place a, a, a redeemer for us. It says in verse eight, which none of the princes of this world knew. When it's talking about princes, it's talking about, demonic powers in those places of authority they did not know for if they had known it they would not have crucified the lord of glory if they had known the wisdom the plan of god they would not have crucified the lord of glory so they did not know can i help you the devil doesn't know what you're thinking he cannot read your mind Thank you, lord. Amen. he does not know what you're thinking he is not omniscient He cannot read your mind. He doesn't know anything until you open your mouth and reveal it. He didn't know what God was doing. He heard prophecies and began to try to do things to destroy the lineage. He heard the things and and would try to, and that's why, you know, Jesus wasn't in the manger when the wise men found him. Right? All you FBMA students, you found that out in one of your first quizzes, right? Right? Jesus was not in the manger. The wise men were looking for him and found the young child in a house. Right? Why did the the king try to destroy all the children to and under? Because Satan was trying to destroy the king who had been born... And he couldn't find who it was, so just kill them all, two and under. Which gives us an idea about how old Jesus was when the wise men did find him, this young child in the house, two and under. So it, he was going from that time and down. Why? Because he wanted to destroy the plan of God. He didn't understand it all. The devil did not understand it all. He was trying to thwart God's plan. But look at Matthew 10, I'm sorry, Matthew 8 and verse 28. Jesus is on the earth. He is in the ministry for his father. Yes. He is challenged by Satan. Matthew 8, let's look at verse 28. When he was come to the other side into the country of the Gersinines, There met him two possessed with devils coming out of the tombs exceeding fierce so that no man might pass by that way. And behold, they cried out saying, what have we to do with you, Jesus, you son of, son of God. They called him the son of God. And and that doesn't sound like they're afraid of him, does it? Would you stand up, Michelle? I think I can take you. That's why I'm going to use you as my. <laughs> it's like Satan was coming up and just pushing. What do you think you're going to do to me, huh? What do you think you're going to do to me? Hey, I know who you are. I know what you can do. I think I can take you. <laughs> probably not. Michelle probably probably knows some takedowns. But that's what Satan was doing. It wasn't like they were afraid and cowering, saying, we we know who you are. No, they were up in their face. They were like belligerent. Hey, hey, we know who you are. What you doing here? You're not supposed to be here. You're here illegally. How'd you get in that body? How'd you do that? You're not supposed to be here. You're the son of God. Do you see how they didn't understand? They didn't think he was legally in that body. They recognized him. They recognized the life of God in him. And listen, you walk into a place that's full of darkness, Satan sees the light in you too. He knows who's in you. If if Satan, if the demons could see the light in Jesus, they can see the light in you. So you better be aware of that. Not everybody who, who is walking and talking in that place of business is, is yielded to God or in their right mind. I'm not telling you to be afraid, but I'm telling you, you better know your authority. That's why we're teaching about the name of Jesus that you have been given so that you can, it says in Luke chapter 10, he said, I give you the authority over all that the enemy can do. All the, I give you power over all the power of the enemy. I give you exousia, authority, over anything he can do. So you walk into a place, you can say, it's not happening to me. No, in the name of Jesus, I exercise authority. You're not doing that to me. You're not placing that curse on me. You're not not putting that on me. Amen? Amen? Amen. No matter what he's able to do, you can say he can't do it to you. Amen. Amen? Amen? So, the demons were confronting Jesus. Are you here to torment us before the time? So... They, at, in this confrontation, we can see that they did not understand the plan of God. They did not understand that Jesus was legally in a man to redeem mankind and to bring mankind back to the place of authority. Let's look also at Luke 4 and 33. In the synagogue there was a man which had a spirit of an unclean devil and cried out with a loud voice, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with you, you Jesus of Nazareth? That's not very polite. Leave us alone. They sounded like they thought they had control of the situation. What kind of, of, of command? Don't, don't bother me. You leave me alone. They thought they had the authority. You leave us alone. What do we have to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Are, listen, Jesus of Nazareth. Can you hear this? The, yeah, Jesus of Nazareth. We know who you are. You're not Jesus of Nazareth. You're the Holy One of God. Do you see the Jesus of Nazareth was, was false in their mind? We're, we know who you are. You're pretending to be He was really Jesus of Nazareth. And you just thought the begats were there in the Bible to make it hard for your Bible read. <laughs> like this is the boring chapter day when we have to read the begats. And so-and-so begat, so-and-so and begat, and you can't even read and pronounce all the names, right? And you just thought that he put it in there, you know, for filler or something. But the begats are there so you know the authority you have. Because Jesus was legally. He see, they brought the whole lineage right there for you so that you can see, hey, 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 Jesus really is legally in that body. Yes. Hallelujah. So they are saying, you, Jesus of Nazareth, we know who you are. You're the Holy One of God. In other words, they were confronting. Now listen, they were confronting him. Let's look also at uh, verse verse 40. Same chapter, verse 40. Now when the sun was setting, all that had any sick with diverse diseases brought them unto him, and he laid his hands On every one of them and healed them. And devils also came out of many. Crying out saying. These devils came out. What were they saying? You're the Christ. The son of God. You're the son of God. You can't do this. You can't do this on the earth. You're not legally here on the earth. You're the son of God. You can't do this. They weren't testifying for him. They weren't. They weren't worshiping him. Oh, you're the Christ, the son of God. No, they were saying, you can't do this. How are you doing this? Because the devils didn't understand the plan of God. They didn't understand how God legally got Jesus into that body, how the Holy One of Israel was legally in that body. But every time we see him executing authority and the, the words that he spoke stood The words that he spoke to command them to leave, they had to leave. The words that he spoke to the wind and the waves, the wind and the waves obeyed him. Why? Not because he was the son of God, but because he was the son of man. He was alive unto God, anointed by God, yet he was the son of man, legally in the body. The only man on the earth at that time who was alive unto God. Who could execute the authority? See to execute the authority, you had to, correctly, you had to have the life of God in you. And nobody did till Jesus showed back up, right? After Adam fell, there was all that time, and they were operating under the, the first covenant, and they would execute the authority they could under the covenant. And, and see the miracles of God with the, the stretching forth of the rod at the Red Sea and the striking and the water coming out. That was the anointing of God on a man who had submitted to the covenant of God. But here's a man alive unto God and the wind and the waves are obeying him and he's bringing people back to life and he's raising the dead and healing the sick. Hallelujah. Why? Because he had authority. And anointed by God. The miracles were the the power of God. But the execution of the authority was because he was the son of man. That's what we saw in John chapter 5. Hallelujah. We have one other example of how they did not understand. It's in Mark chapter 5. And it may just be a restatement of some of the things that were already brought out. But we'll go ahead and look at it so you have it in your notes. And you see it in the word. Because he wants you to know who you are. Mark 5, uh, we'll begin in verse 5. Always day and night, this man, Legion, he was in the, the man who was possessed with the demons. He was in the mountains, in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. When, Jesus, when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshiped him and cried with a loud voice and said, here we go again, what do I have to do with you? Jesus, you son of the most high God, I adjure you. Now let's talk about this word adjure for a moment. The word adjure means I command you. It was a military command. I command you. Excuse me. Did we just read that the devil, this demon, gave a command? I command you. I adjure you. How? By God? So he's going to he's gonna try to pull rank. He's going to try to say, hey, 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 I adjure you by God. In other words, I know God's parameters. God has delegated authority to man. So I am commanding you by God's own parameters that you don't torment me because I know you are the son of God. What he didn't know was he was the son of man. What he didn't know was that God legally had him in that body. That he came through the door legally, born into the earth through the correct door, the entrance into the earth through the womb of a woman. He didn't understand that and he thought... He could pull rank and say, I adjure you by God. You can't cross God's parameters because you're the son of God and you have no right to be here tormenting me. But he had every right. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm telling you, you are in Christ. You are alive unto God. You are, you are the ones here on the earth who have the authority. Because you are alive unto God, and the same authority that Jesus has, He's delegated to us. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And, and so, there's some things that the demons may be trying to do that it's not God's place to deal with, it's our place. There are things that if we don't say something, if we don't do something, if we don't execute our authority, if we don't take our place and stand against it, the enemy will run roughshod in that area of that person's life. Hallelujah. But we've been given authority. Glory to God. Lord, you're so faithful. Now, I want to look at Luke 10. I quoted it, but again, I, I want you... I'm not trying to get a mental response. I'm not trying to give you something that's, that's new necessarily. I'm, I'm working on a building. I'm working on building your spiritual stamina where you are so, so, so convinced of your authority in Jesus' name that no weapon formed against you, you won't let it prosper. That that you'll stand up and you'll take your place in Christ and you'll call on the name of Jesus and you'll see the power of God come into manifestation in that situation. That you'll resist the devil and you'll see him run, run, run hard and fast away from your, your parameter. Luke 10 I want you to be so spiritually convinced of who you are and who what happens when you say the name of Jesus that, that you see the results God intends for you to see because of faith in that name. Luke 10, verse 1. After these things, the Lord appointed other 70 also. He appointed them and sent them two and two before his face into every city and place where he himself would come. So he appointed and sent them. We talked about what happens when you're sent. And when you're sent, you're representing the one who sent you. And he said, if they receive you, they receive me. And if they receive me, they receive the one who sent me. Jesus said, I can do nothing of myself but the one who sent me. He's the one who does the works. He's the one. I, I only say what the one who sent me told me to say. And so he was sent, and you've been sent. He sent these here in Luke chapter 10, and, and I want to look, verse 2 says, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Pray ye, therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth laborers into the harvest. So verse 1, it says, it emphasizes that word sent. Verse 2, he said, Pray that he would send, the laborers, verse three, go your ways. Behold, I send you forth as lambs among wolves. He gives them an instruction here about don't carry uh, their their money with them, not to to salute people along the way. Gives them some in, some specific instructions, and then he says this in. Um, Verse 16, he that hears you, hears me. And he that despises you or treats you insignificantly or or lightly, despises me. And he that despises me, despises him that sent me. So again, there's that representation. You are representing me. Verse 17, the 70 returned again with joy saying, Lord, Lord. Even the devils are subject unto us. How? How? Okay, so Jesus sent them, and he said, you're representing me. You're not going in your name. You're not going under your authority. You're representing me. And so they came back, and they said, wow, look what happened. In your name, look what authority we had in your name. So how did they execute the uh, the authority they had been delegated through the name, through the name? And he said, "I beheld Satan uh, as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I say, behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions, and over all the." power the ability of the enemy i give you authority exousia to tread on and over all i give you authority to tread on and over all the power of the enemy to tread on and over all the ability of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you why because i'm authorizing you I'm deputizing you. Here's your batch. Here's your bullet. Don't keep it in your pocket. Put it, go ahead and keep it. Come on, only Barney kept his bullet in the pocket. Well, you don't need to have your bullets in your pocket. Right? I'm deputizing you. I give you power to tread on and over all the ability of the enemy. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. Hallelujah. So, this delegated authority, this delegated authority worked through the name. Now, Matthew 28. Now, we know that Adam, Adam's authority was authority that was over all the earth. Everything that creeps upon the earth, right? Over the, the fowl of the air, the fish of the sea, everything that creeps upon the earth, it was... It was Here on the earth. But Matthew 28, Jesus makes a declaration. So he was operating authority before the cross. But now he says in verse 18 now, this is after the cross. He's already been resurrected from the dead. And this is moments before he ascends to heaven to take his position at the right hand of the Father. And he makes a declaration that they would have had no way of knowing except Jesus told them because they didn't know all that we know about what happened when Jesus triumphed over the, the enemy through the cross. They didn't know all that. They didn't understand what took place in that victory procession where Jesus triumphed over them openly and led them in that public procession of I have conquered death, hell, and the grave. They didn't know that, but Jesus makes this announcement in verse 18, all Power, it's the Greek word exousia, all authority. It means the authority, the right to control or govern. It means the area of jurisdiction. I'm in charge. That's what he said. All power, all all jurisdiction, all dominion, all authority is given unto me. Where? In heaven and in earth. Philippians 2, Philippians 2, don't leave your place there in Matthew, hold it, but, but flip over to Philippians 2, we read it last week, but I want you to read it again, verse 8, being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross, that is why, wherefore means that is why God also has highly exalted him and given him a name. So it happened after the obedience to the cross. He has highly exalted him and given him a name, which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in the earth and things under the earth. So where is this authority now? In heaven and in earth and things under the earth. It is a universal wide authority. He said, all authority is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore. Therefore means this is why you're going. I'm delegating to you authority. I'm delegating. The same way we saw in Luke 10, how did they operate the authority? And they weren't even saved yet. But they were still operating the authority. How? In his name, through his name. They were exercising that authority through his name. And now he says, this authority Has expanded. Now, all authority in heaven and earth has been given. It has been handed. It's been distributed to me. I'm in charge and I'm delegating you to represent me. You go, therefore, and teach. Now, look over at Mark 16, which is the other place we find the Great Commission as we refer to it. This sending, this delegation. He says in verse 15, Go ye into all the world. So there you are, you're sent. Preach the gospel to every creature. He that believes and baptized shall be saved. He that believes not shall be condemned. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. These signs shall follow. In my name, they will cast out devils. In my name, you could, you could put in my name that prepositional phrase with each one of these actions. If, wow. if I were to say to you, in worlds of fun, you can ride, and I began to list what you can ride in worlds of fun. Amen. You can ride the Mamba. <laughs> right? In worlds of fun, you can ride the mamba. You can ride whatever that new roller coaster is that they got. You can ride in the, in, in, in that prepositional phrase in worlds of fun is, is applies to all of those different things. You'll be able to ride there. And in my name applies to all of these actions in my name, they shall cast out devils, in my name, they'll speak with new tongues. They'll take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick in my name and they shall recover. Hallelujah. In my name. Why? Because I'm authorizing you. You are authorized to represent me. To represent me. You have power of attorney. To sign Jesus' name and pull anything out of his account that you need. He said, whatsoever you shall ask in my name. John chapter 12, specifically referring to doing the greater works. Whatsoever you shall ask in my name, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'm giving you, I'm giving you power of attorney. I mean, I want you to think about this. Do y'all know, Have you ever seen anybody get power of attorney over someone's estate? I used the example last week that Kathleen, when her mother was, was uh, battling some things physically, and, and before she passed, she had given power of attorney. She needed Kathleen to do business for her because she was not able to do business at that time. She wasn't able to go in and pay her bills and to deal with the bank and to deal with the insurance companies and, and the health or whatever. So she, she transmitted to Kathleen legally the power of attorney and Kathleen could sign Jean Tillery's name and Gene Tillery not even be in the room. And the bank had to treat it just like it was Jean Tillery's signature. That power of attorney gave her the ability to go in and to... to to sell the home, to do, to do any uh, uh, financial transactions, and they had to treat her just like she was Jean Tillery Amen. and give her the same treatment they would have given Jean Tillery because she had Jean Tillery's authority yes. to do business. Yes. I want you to see that Jesus has handed every one of us yes. power of attorney. Yes. You can do business in my name. You can do business in my name. You can do business for me. You can do business. He's delegated to each one of us the power of attorney. And he said, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he'll give it to you. And then he said it again in John chapter 16, so that your joy may be full. So he said, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he'll give it to you. So ask that your joy may be full. Do you see why we need to have faith in this? Because there's something God wants us to be asking. The things we need, he wants us to be asking. He wants us to be asking in Jesus' name. And it's just like Jesus was at the bank withdrawing from that account. And they could say, this is Anthony. No, no, no. I'm here in Jesus' name. Oh, I need to treat you like you were Jesus. I'm going to give you what I would give Jesus if he were here. Why? Because Jesus has handed power of attorney to you. And because you have that legal document in the name of Jesus, you have been given the name. There's no other name under heaven whereby men must be saved. The name of Jesus has been given. It's been given to men. You're named with that name, Ephesians 3 says. You're named with that name. The name of Jesus isn't for people outside of this relationship. But everybody in this relationship with Jesus Christ as Lord, you have a delegated authority to use his name. And he wants you to so that your joy may be full. Some of us have failed to have fullness of joy because we have been lacking faith in this this power of eternity we possess and we haven't been asking the way that we need to be asking. That word ask means to require. I require this. of this. I'm not, I'm not demanding God. I'm not pushing God around. He wanted it. That's why he gave me the power of attorney. Yes. Yes. He yes. wants me to demand it of my situation. He wants me to demand. When Jesus commanded the winds and the waves, he wasn't making God do anything. He was delegated authority. I'm telling you how you're going to act. And there needs to be some exercising of authority over lack and say, lack, you listen to me. You get out of my house. You're trespassing here. In the name of Jesus, I'm driving you out. Abundance, you come. Just like Jesus blessed the fish and the loaves and they multiplied, you need to pull your bank account statements out and lay hands on them and bless them and command them to bring forth and multiply. I'm talking about your authority in Jesus' name. He said, ask so your joy will be full. Ask in my name so your joy will be full. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The greater confidence we have in the name of Jesus and our authority to use it, our delegated right to use his name in any situation. And I'm talking about we know what is his will to be done. We can't use the name of Jesus to win the lottery. That's not going to work. You can't use the name of Jesus to marry somebody else's spouse. That's not going to work. Say, in the name of Jesus, I want that woman to be my wife. No, that's not going to work. You can't use it against the will of God, but he wants you to represent him and his will in those situations. Amen. So he said, ask. Ask. Whatsoever you ask the Father, representing all that I am. That's what the Amplified says. Representing all that I am. When you ask in his name, you're asking it as if Jesus was standing there asking. And the bank cannot deny you. <laughs> Amen. Why? Because it's like Jesus signed the check. Hallelujah. It's like Jesus made the request. And God will be glorified. He said, when you ask, you'll bring forth fruit and God will be glorified. Amen? Amen? Ask. Ask. So ask of him, and then when you use the name of Jesus against the enemy, he will flee. He will flee. Praise the Lord. Well, have you received tonight?